Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. It covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. Welcome to this week's episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. I hope you all have had a wonderful sporting week. What has happened in your sporting week, Glenn? Yeah, well, it was a good week this yep. week, seeing the um, Gold Coast Suns take on the Adelaide Crows and the Toyota AFL. Yep. They're going all right, aren't they? Yeah, they um, they did even better the week before. They beat the Crows by 53 points. Yep. Adelaide came out with only 29 mm. versus the Gold Coast Suns, yep. 82. And, mm. and even halfway through the game, mm. the Adelaide Crows only had about 10. Yeah, really? And, and the Suns were way in front. Mm. Even at that stage, they were in front by about 30 points or so. Yeah. And I thought, well, the, the, the Crows didn't seem to be doing much. Mm. I thought, this is going to be an absolute walkover. Yeah. So it wasn't until late in the final quarter before the Adelaide Crows started to pick up some pace yeah. again. Because I thought, they're just going to be annihilated by the mm. Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. Which, on the la- the Gold Coast Suns are actually third on the ladder. Oh, really? Which is, never, you know, which is fantastic. Well, so they've been a bit of a... Um Failure since they joined the competition, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They joined around the same time as the uh, GWS Giants a year before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I uh, yeah, I think they expected the the Suns to do better than the yeah. Giants. Where well, the Giants, you know, made the grand final last year, but the, the yeah. Suns have been a real disappointment. Yeah, 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 just haven't lived up to expectations, yeah. and so maybe the uh, coronavirus and. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's given them a, yeah. Yeah, a second chance. Because a lot of their games are being played, pretty much all their games are being played at home, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. a lot of them, especially mm. during this coronavirus year. Yeah. But the, apparently the, the, the previous years, they never got good, they was mm. missed out on good picks in the first round. Yeah. So apparently they got a better chance that mm. last year for better picks this year. Yeah. So I think you know they've come in. Yeah. Um, a lot stronger. There's been some new guys come in from the reserve grade. Yeah. That you know grew up, grew up through the club since it started. Yeah. And um and this weekend they they're playing on Fremantle. Mm. The Fremantle Dockers from Western Australia. Yeah. And um, well, last year they only beat them by three points. Oh, okay. But the Fremantle Dockers this year uh, on the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. Because I thought that the Gold Coast Suns was going to get the wooden spoon again mm. for, for for this year. Well, Dockers have been a disappointment because I remember they made that grand final in 2013, and yeah. They haven't done much since, nah, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like Hawthorne, mm. when they were. Yeah, I think they had two grand finals in a row, mm. and then they just went down the hill. Yeah. So, have you had any sporting? Oh, to be week? honest, I, I found it really hard to get into it much this year. Like just with the uh, 
I think it's, yeah, just with the coronavirus and no crowds and, yeah, yeah like I, um, have you watched then? There's been rugby? no cricket to watch apart from replays, <laughs> 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 which I don't mind. Yeah. But yeah, I get a bit sick of seeing replays of all the big bash games yeah. one after the other. Um, I love watching the 80s, matches from the 80s and 90s. and Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, I know the EPL, the Premier League's back. Yeah. And Everton, my team, had a draw against Liverpool, yeah. which was a great effort. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the Merseyside derby. And, yeah, Liverpool uh, just a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. they won and they won a match and they've won the Premier League for the first time in many years. So yeah. congratulations to them. Yeah. yeah. So you've got another set of listeners' questions. Oh, I sure do. For the quiz. Okay, question number one. The answer will be revealed at the end. Now, it all relates to this week's episode of 1984. So, first question is, which horse won the 1984 Melbourne Cup? Which horse won the 1984 Melbourne Cup? Okay, question number two. Australia won four gold medals at the Los Angeles Olympics. They were Dean Lucan, the men's 4,000-metre team pursuit, John Sieben, and what was the name of the other gold medal that Australia won, 1984? Right, question number three. Who won the VFL Grand Final in 1984? Who won the VFL Grand Final in 1984? Well, I do remember that, but I won't yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was a comeback. I remember watching it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the team that won... Yeah, I remember they were down by a big margin in the first half. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Who was it entertainment? <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> I know it wasn't Meatloaf. No, um, Australian country music singer. Oh, Very Slim. Fun. Oh, yeah, Slim yeah. Dusty. Bless his soul. Yeah. Yeah. And he sang Wolf Sing Matilda. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, he didn't was, sing up there, Kazali. Well, he also sang up the, there, Kazali. <laughs> no, I think that's a different style for him. Yeah, but he also sang the national anthem. Yeah, Advanced Australia Fair. Yeah. So that, that's a lot different sort of entertainment compared to what we have these days in grand mm. finals yeah. and, and big matches. Yeah. Yeah. 1984. What a year it was. Yeah. It was my first year of high school. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was at St. Columbus High School in Springwood, yeah. New South Wales. Now, events that happened that year, Indira Gandhi was assassinated in India. There was the Milpera bikey massacre. Uh, now, it was Madonna and Michael Jackson were huge those, that particular year. Oh. Remember Michael Jackson's uh, album Thriller? Yeah, sure do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Madonna was really hitting the scene then. Yes, I remember uh, Like a Virgin. Yeah. Uh, we had Wham, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Yeah. <laughs> movies, famous movies that year. Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. And my favourite movie from 1984 was Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins. Yeah. I remember Gremlins. Yeah. Because I was, when I went to see Gremlins... Yeah, the whole 
the whole movie picture was packed. Mm. We got the four last seats yeah. at the very front row. Yeah. In the, the picture theatre. Yeah. And we went there on a bit of a high after yeah. after smoking a couple of oh okay cigarettes, <laughs> um, which made it really interesting. Yeah, so it was a really yeah. interesting way of watching the movie. But but what but what got me after the movie finished? Yeah, because there's four of us down the front. Yeah, and we went in the in the dark, and when the movie finished and the lights came back up, yeah. Three rows behind me, everyone knew me. They were all saying, oh, Glenn, Glenn, yeah. <laughs> I turned around and everyone there, I knew. Yeah. And that was sort of a bit of a spin out as yeah. well after watching Gremlins. Where, 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 where did you watch it at? Port Macquarie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the theatre there in Port Macquarie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing country so, town. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I remember um, watching at the theatre with a friend and his family – Mel Brooks to be or not to be, and then straight after that we went to um, the Royal Easter show, and it yeah. was flogging down rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, the number one song in 1984 was actually Prince. Oh, okay. Was uh, that when Doves Cry? That's exactly yeah. right, and, and that that was Prince's number one all-time highest seller. Mm, I could never so, take to that song. Yeah, yeah but it, it was in a lot of movies. Mm. Um, the number one song in Australia for 1984 was Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Dancing the in Boss. the Dark, yep. was it? Yep. And coming in at number two is It's Just Not Cricket. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. Yep. Yeah. I remember getting that that cassette and playing it to death. <laughs> yeah. no, he's a very talented guy, yeah. able to do so many voices. He had some funny names for those Pakistani cricketers, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like just talking about that, like my earliest memory from 1984 was uh, going to an, the Australia versus Pakistan test match in Sydney yeah. early in 1984 and... Yeah, a friend of mine, his dad was a member. Yeah. And oh, geez, how good's this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gonna go sit in the members' area. Yeah. And then <laughs> this was day one of the test match, and it was flogging down rain. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, no chance of playing. But we just, you know, decided to go down anyway because when you're in that members' area, you get very close to the players. Yeah. And you can get all their autographs. Yeah. And so this friend of, and, and myself, we had these, uh, Autograph books that we got from the, uh, the the gift store there, and we're following around, you know, all our heroes and yeah. getting autographs from all the Pakistani players and following around, you know, the Aussie players. So this particular test match, it was uh, Greg Chappell's last test match, Rod Marsh's last test, and Dennis Lilly's last test match. Yeah. So yeah, it was great to get their autographs, but. What I what I do remember was that some of the Australian players weren't too happy about <laughs> you bothering them for an autograph. I remember um, my friend asking Alan Border for an yeah. autograph, and he's Alan Border's going off at my mate, going, "Oh, geez, mate, can I buy a meat pie in peace?" Yeah. <laughs> now I understand why they called him Captain Cranky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kepler Vessels, he was another one. Nah, nah, 
he didn't want to give an autograph, but yeah, I remember some players. Yeah, Rodney Hogg, lovely bloke. Yeah, yeah. even took the time to talk to us and yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, and Jeff Lawson and yeah. So um, yeah, but that was a yeah. That test match really stands out because I remember uh, Greg Chappell broke the world record for the most number of catches. Yeah. By fieldsman, other than a wicket keeper in that yeah. test match, um, yeah, and he also scored a, a test century. About, yeah. I think it was about 182. I think he might have scored in that test. So that was yeah. a great way to finish his career. Yeah. And Australia won the test match, and Dennis Lilly and Rod Marsh finished on the same number of victims. Yeah, 355. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, both Western Australians. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and just a few weeks after that, I remember going to a one-day match in Sydney. Australia was playing the West Indies. Now, I don't know if you can remember, Glenn, but the West Indies side back in the uh, the 70s and the 80s, they were, they were dynamite. They were, uh, yeah. They were pretty big They colours. were very good. Uh, very good side. Yeah. And if you... Even if you're just competitive against them, that was good. Yeah. yeah. So it was the first time I remember seeing them live. Yeah. And every game that they went to, games were just sold out in no time. And they pretty much nearly came out every season because they were such, because they were the best side in the world. And yeah, they brought in all the crowds, all yeah. the TV audiences. And yeah, so I remember seeing a lot of my, the idols. You know, West Indian players, like famous players like Viv Richards, Clive uh, Lloyd, Malcolm Marshall, Michael uh, Holding. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a day-night game and West Indies won the match pretty easily. Uh, um, yeah, and I remember Australia toured the West Indies a few months after that. And, you know, you, these were the days like there wasn't any pay TV or... Uh, yeah, you, know, you didn't get to watch the games like you can watch now. You know, yeah. All the Australian games are all on pay TV, and yeah. doesn't matter where they play in the world. But back then, you you just get the results yeah. on the news, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember, um, yeah, yeah, players being coming home because <laughs> West Indies had that fearsome fast bowling attack, yeah. and all these players were coming home with broken hands and yeah. <laughs> broken they, arms yeah. and. <laughs> And, and if they'd done really well overseas, there was always virtually yeah. ticket, ticket tape parade at the, at the airport. There'd yeah. be so many people there mm. welcoming them home. Yeah. yeah. But no, this um, the Aussie team wasn't that, that great around that period, especially after Marsh, Lily and Chapel retired. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of rebuilding that yeah. had to happen. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it would have mm. it would have taken a while to after losing that. Oh yeah, the talent from those guys to mm. to, to have the to, to develop the talent of the new ones that just come in. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Alan Border was um, very courageous character, and he really stood up in that series and saved Australia in a couple of Test matches. They yeah, yeah they escaped with a draw, but the other Test matches they got flogged and. But yeah, that was that was pretty normal against the Great West Indian side yeah, back yeah. in those days. Yeah, yeah, that was something else. Yeah, yeah. No, that 
the Australians really celebrated if they did beat them in a game. Mm. They, they really went oh, off. Oh, yeah. yeah. It didn't happen yeah. very often. Nah. <laughs> Once every yeah. couple of years, if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, I mentioned the Toffees before, my my Everton team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're nicknamed the Toffees. And I remember them beating Watford that year for yeah. the, in the FA Cup. Yeah. And Watford, do you know what famous musician... Owns, you might still own Watford today, I'm not sure, but he owned Watford back then. Famous English musician. Take a punt, Glenn. Was it one of the Beatles? No. Rolling Stones? I'll give you a hint. Rocketman. Elton John. Elton oh, John. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah, Everton won. Yeah. And I remember I was on holidays at the time yeah. um, with my family, and yeah, so that was good. I remember the, uh, the Tui's ads. You remember the Tui's ads, Glenn? Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I feel like a Tui's. I feel like a Tui's. Yeah. <laughs> they had them for a whole heap of different sports, but the one that stands out in my mind that particular year was uh, Mr. Perpetual Motion himself, Ray Price, yeah. crashing in, scoring a try at the end of the game, the beat Manly. And uh, they're all in the sheds after the game. Yeah. Knocking down their twoies and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did visit. I remember my brother. He moved to Melbourne that particular year for his job, and yeah, my family, yeah, my parents, we drove down to uh, Melbourne yeah. to visit him. And I remember going to my first VFL game at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. It was yeah. the middle of winter. It was absolutely freezing. Yeah. And North Melbourne was playing Fitzroy. And North Melbourne was getting flogged. Yeah. That was a team I barracked for back in those days. And uh, yeah, I remember leaving at half time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that particular year, the Great Escape. This was uh, with Parramatta. This refers to Parramatta. Yeah. Now, I remember last week we were talking about the 70s and they, uh, they were the, the bridesmaids. What do they call them? Yeah, the bridesmaids. They made a, you know, grand finals there in the 70s and the, made the finals and they're always crashing out. Yeah. Yeah, but in the early 80s, they, won, they were on a real roll. They finally struck glory in 1981. Yeah. On the grand final again, 1982 and 1983. So 1984, they're going for four premierships in a row. Yeah. Now, that particular year, Canterbury, Bankstown, they were the, the form team. They won the minor premiership. And, yeah, so they had a five-team final series in, that, in those days. And Parramatta was playing St. George in the, it's called the preliminary final. Yeah. And whoever won that game went on to meet Canterbury in the grand final. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it was an absolute thriller of a match. Yeah, like, uh, remember Mick Cronin kicked a few penalty goals in the first half. Parramatta were leading 4-0 at halftime. And then just after halftime, slippery Steve Morris <laughs> runs onto a charge down kick, scores for St. George. I remember the crowd going wild. St. George hit the lead, 5-4. Five, five, yeah. Yep. No, yeah, 6-4. Yeah, they got the penalty. And then with about 10 minutes to go, Steve Rogers kicks a, a um, field goal. So they're up 7-4. And 
Parramatta just didn't look like they just didn't look like they had any hope of winning. You know, it just didn't look good. And I just remember looking at the clock and the seconds were counting down. I'm just going, oh, no. You know, and uh, we're going to be getting on the train, going back to the Blue Mountains tonight. (laughs) And it's not going to be good. And then, uh, yeah, a man called Glenn Mansfield. (laughs) He was like a reserve grader for Parramatta. He comes onto the field. There's only a couple of minutes left. Now, this man, he's never never heard of him before, but he comes on as a replacement and he retrieves the ball in a ruck and ends up getting Parramatta a penalty. So Parramatta are down there into the field. They get a penalty. They kick the ball down. All of a sudden, this is their last last chance (laughs) with about a minute to go. And uh, they get down on the St. George line. And Peter Sterling nearly crashes over the line. But the ball gets out to Brett Kenny. Fraser Dummy to Mick Cronin. The ball goes to Eric Grove. And he crashes over in Neville's corner. Remember Neville Glover's corner I was talking about last week? And he scores in the corner. Parramatta are through to their fourth consecutive grand final. And I remember, oh, just (laughs) the roar. Just the crowd just going berserk. Like, just blue and yellow. Yeah. Just, oh. And it was just, I don't think I've ever been so pumped. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, the following week, Parramatta uh, went down to Canterbury. Six points to four. Uh, Mick Cronin, he scored a try in the first half. Parramatta were leading 4-0 at half time. Things are looking good. They're playing really well. But early in the second half, Ray Price goes down injured. And a man called Mark Bugden saw the gap where Ray Price would have been. And he goes through the gap from dummy half and scores. And yeah. Yeah. With about two minutes to go, Mick Cronin had a, had a penalty, easy penalty goal to uh, level up the match and take yeah. it into extra time. Uh. And he misses it. Oh. And Canterbury win the grand final, but they deserve to that year. Yeah. Now, 1984 was an Olympic year. The games were held in Los Angeles. Do you remember those Olympics, Glenn? Nah. I remember the opening nah. ceremony and they had a rocket man. <laughs> That's what I remember. But these particular Olympics, they were boycotted. It was a boycott by many communist countries. Um, I think the only communist country that went might have been Romania. But, yeah, so a lot of the world's top athletes weren't there. A lot of, you know, all the... Um, the, the Russians, yeah, they were called the Soviet Union back in those days. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, you didn't have a lot of good weightlifters there and swimmers and track athletes and gymnasts, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this boycott was mainly, you know, from four years earlier. Yeah. The Olympics were in Moscow and, uh, yeah, America pulled out. Yeah. Australia um, I think Australia pulled out, but a lot of athletes decided to go. Yeah. Yeah. So we sort of had half a team going. But I remember a man called Dean Lucan winning a weightlifting gold medal. And he was a tuna fisherman from Port Lincoln. Yeah. And I think he, he was behind. I was at school that particular day, and I remember this teacher saying, oh, we won a gold medal. 
And I'm thinking, wow, because we didn't win many gold medals in those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had to get a, um, a clean and jerk. He had to do the clean and jerk to win this, yeah, the gold medal. And he'd never lifted this weight before. And I remember him getting up. He's all pumped up. And he's lifts it up. He's got, he's got the clean going. He's got the wobbly legs going. And he gets it over his head. And he wins gold. And I remember seeing his, uh, his trainer, his coach just going berserk in the background, cuddling each other and Dean Lucan jumping up and down. And yeah, that was great. And I remember that year, Robert D. Costella. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah. He was a famous Australian marathon runner. Yeah. And he was number one in the world at that time. Yeah. And yeah, like... Yeah, I remember Australia's hopes. You know, it was everyone expected him to win the gold medal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember taking the day off school. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mum let me have the day off school so I could watch the whole race. Yeah. and I remember the news that morning. They were even talking about what he ate leading up to the race. It's yeah. Like it was just such a big event, and I'm thinking, oh gosh, go, go, deep, go. Yeah, and yeah, nah. He finished fifth. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was in the leading pack for pretty much the whole race. But a man called Carlos Lopez, who was about 39, 40 years of age, from Portugal, he he um yeah he took off towards the end of the race and he won the gold. Deke finished fifth. So yeah, that was disappointing. Deke did his best. There's no way I could run 42k's, <laughs> <laughs> especially in that heat. It would yeah. have been the middle of summer in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Pat Cash in the US Open that year. The US Open tennis was a good year that year for Australia. I remember I, tennis was a big sport for me then. I used to play it on the weekends. And yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember Wendy Turnbull, she made the semi final. Pat Cash made the semi final. And he beat some big name players getting into that semi final. Semi-final, they call it in America. And he was playing Ivan Lendl. And it got to fifth to the fifth set, and they had a fifth set tiebreaker. And I remember watching it early in the morning and on the edge of my seat. I think Pat Cash, he had a, he had a uh, match point, and he was serving for the match. So if he got this point, he was through to the final to meet John McEnroe. Yeah. And he serves this beautiful serve right down the centre line. And it was, it was an ace. Uh, but the linesman called it out. And Pat Cash is going off. Oh, Paul, you know. And, uh, yeah, Lendl ended up winning. And, yes, yeah, so that was very disappointing. And that year, the Wallabies, yeah, completed the Grand Slam in the UK. So they beat all four nations. So they beat England, 19 points to three. They beat Ireland. Nine, uh, 16 points to 9 they beat Wales 28 points to 9 they even did a pushover try against the Welsh yeah. and that had never been done before yeah. <laughs> on Australian side they beat the Welsh yeah and they beat Scotland in the last match 39 to 12 that gave them a hammering yeah but they, I don't think that would ever happen today we've got a pretty ordinary rugby side today. Yeah. But back then, yeah, they were led by Alan Jones, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, the radio personality. Yeah. Yeah, and um, there was Mark Eller. 
and David Campisi and Gordon Bray calling it. Uh. I remember getting up early in the morning and watching it and talking about Mark Eller a try in every test match. Campisi, Campisi will score. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, that was that was a really big achievement. That because yeah, when yeah. I when I heard of Alan Jones coach mm. coach the the Wallabies, mm. I thought didn't he used to be a Formula One driver? No, that, that's um yeah yeah. So yeah. It, it took me a while. I yeah. thought, wow, he's talented. He's going same name yeah. between Formula One and. Mm. And coaching rugby league, and, yeah, but it wasn't until later on that yeah. I found out they were two separate people, yeah, <laughs> but they were around the same era, mm, that's right, they were both on the news, yeah. But uh, 1984 was also Wayne Gardner's second motor GP 500. Oh, okay, yeah, yep, right. So he, he, he was there for a few more years before he started to win, okay, win um championships, yep. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, the MotoGP, they even started off racing because most of them come from motocross. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Casey Stoner was too, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, and also Troy Bayless, mm. who was from Tari. Yeah. But back in, the, back in the 80s, they had four classes. They had the 80s, 80cc, yeah. the 125cc, the 250cc. Oh, okay. And the 500cc. Yeah. And I used to watch it, but I remember that each seat, like the 80, when they were um, racing in the 80cc class, yeah. they were like a whole group just getting around together mm. because they were so, so balanced and, you know, they were, yeah. you know, they rode as a team because there mm. wasn't much experience in them so as they went to 125s yeah you would get more breakaway teams mm. more break, breakaway riders than the 250s so yeah would be even more riders separated so it wasn't to the yeah the 500 class yeah that you know it got more competitive where the where there'd be more mm. the leader would break away more often yeah than the others, but okay. but I actually enjoy watching the the one two five class. Mm, they're amazing, those guys. Yeah. Yeah, they can stay on those bikes at that speed. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, incredible. So, yeah, so I think well, when, when Wayne Gardner came mm. in, I think Australia started to follow a lot more with the mm. the motorbikes than it used to. Yeah, yeah, because we was in a lot, mm. lot more in the news. And out there, you know, because he was doing, mm. you know, like going around to the corner with a knee scraping on the ground and spikes yeah. coming off. Do you remember yeah. Nicky Lauder? I think he passed away recently. Yeah. Yeah, he was Formula One. Yeah, I think he won the world championship that year from yeah. memory. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, incredible from that accident that he had back in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing he survived. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, incredible guy. Yeah, those guys, they're in a breed of their oh, own. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you can remember from that year? 1984. Um, not off the top of my head. One thing I, I remember, you know, I was just, just going back to the Wallabies Grand Slam tour that year, was Mark, with Mark Eller. Like, just incredible player, incredible skill. Yeah. Um, all those, you know, the Eller brothers. 
Yeah, there was Mark, Gary, Glenn. Um, yeah, all wonderful, wonderful players who represented the Wallabies with great distinction. But Mark was the one who really stood out. Yeah. He was a 5'8", and unbelievable he was. Yeah. And after that tour, <laughs> guess what? He retired yeah. at a very young age. Yeah. And yeah, I think I read recently, yeah, it might have had a bit to do with Alan Jones. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, because yeah, he was, some. you either got along with him or you didn't. Yeah. And those that didn't get along with him, they just couldn't uh, be yeah. around him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like, um, it's a shame he didn't continue playing, you know, and he, it was a shame he retired at such an, an early age because, yeah. yeah, he was just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll go back, we'll go into our questions now, from our quiz, yeah. we'll give you the answers. Right. Question number one was, which horse won the 1984 Melbourne Cup? The answer was Black Knight. Now, question number two. Australia won four gold medals at the LA Olympics. They were Dean Lucan, the men's 4,000-metre team pursuit in cycling, John Sieben in swimming, Remember, do you remember that? He won the uh, the butterfly. Yeah. Beat up all these world record holders and he stormed home at the end. And yeah. He was only yeah. like 17. Yeah. Yeah. Coached by Laurie Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. So the other gold medalist in that year was Glennis Nunn. Yeah. Yeah. In the women's heptathlon. Heptathlon. Yeah. It's a difficult one to say. Yeah. <laughs> Tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. And... The third question, who won the VFL Grand Final in 1984? Who was it, Glenn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone blank. It was Essendon. Essendon, yeah. 105 versus Hawthorne, 81. Right. Yep, that's right. Okay. Now, we've got to do our year for next week. Yeah. What's it going to be? Do the drum roll. Get up. Shake it up. What year can it be for next week? Stand by. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, I'm going in for the pick. Glenn's going in for the pick. What will it be? Uh, I've got more than I'm more going more. 1988. What is it? Uh, I'll, put one, I'll put one back. The oh. one I can't see to make it fair. So you're way off, mate. You're way off. <laughs> Am I? What is it? More, more. More sort of recent. More we, recent? Yeah. Okay. 2007. 2007. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that, that should be a big change from what we've been talking about yep. these first two podcasts. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And we've had a great time. I hope you have. And look forward to talking to you next week, reminiscing about the, the year 2007. I can remember one event in particular, that particular year. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to give us a preview? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has to do with my favourite sport and a squash ball. Yeah. But it wasn't used in squash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, it's bye from me. And it's bye from him. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.